0: Hello, and welcome to your first HBO Insecure Season 5 recap. I know, I know, I promised this recap two and a half weeks ago. I think I even promised it earlier in the week, and you're getting it right now why are you getting it right now because my job is killing me and school is killing me and i need a breather from things so now i'm recording in my room the insecure recap we are now on episode two so we're two episodes into the final season of insecure hbo and i'm gonna do episode one and episode two recap together hopefully i can pump out episode three on time for you guys so you don't have to wait too long i'm gonna be a little bit honest with you guys i'm a scammer i'm like joanne the scammer and i don't pay full price for the hbo subscription i do a little work around and i watch insecure i think it comes out at like 1 or 2 a.m like the monday morning right so like you know like sunday midnight 1 a.m monday comes out that time and that's when I watch it. So it's coming out like a lot later. The recaps not on time. I thought this would be better coordinated and it's not and I'm sorry about it but I want to say something right before I go into discussing Insecure. I have not had the energy to watch The Bachelorette at all. Not at all. And I think it's simply for the fact that I'm Bachelor franchised out. We had... The Bachelor, then we had The Bachelorette, then we had Bachelor in Paradise, then we have Bachelor in Paradise Canada, and now we have The Bachelorette. Like I just don't have the energy for Michelle's season, and I really want to because she's Michelle, so I'm going to see if I can get super caught up, give you guys like a mid-season recap and then a finale predictions recap, just because that's originally what a lot of you came to this podcast for, and I kind of want to stay on brand. So let's start. If you did not watch last season, season four of Insecure HBO, let me just kind of give you the ending of the season. Okay. So long of the short of it, Molly breaks up with Andrew, AKA Asian Bay, because she needs to go to therapy and work on her issues. Lawrence and Issa, the couple that broke up in season one because Issa cheated with Daniel. He missed Daniel. Um, they get back together at the end of the season. Lawrence finds out the girl he was dating before getting back with Issa, Condola, Condoleezza, condiments, whatever you call her, was pregnant with his child. So let's get to it. I think we can leave it there for the time being. So episode one essentially starts. And is at the airport waiting for her coach ride, chartered ride, whatever you call it to her alma mater can't remember the name i think it was stanford university she gets in the wrong car obviously we have an awkward black girl scene super funny she gets in the right car and then she gets to the university on the way to the university you have kelly you have oh my god i can't remember their name now amanda seal's character tiffany and her husband in the car driving to stanford Making fun of Molly's Instagram and her quotes and her photos because she broke up with Andrew two months prior, so Molly's kind of going through a little situation after her breakup with Andrew. To be understood, we've all been there. They get to Stanford. Issa has a talking engagement, a speaking engagement. I think that's what I meant to say. And they they have like a note, and they find like a little yearbook. And people have to make comments in there about whatever or not. And Kelly realizes she's on the deceased person's page. And this is the first time that I really start to feel sorry for Kelly. Because Kelly doesn't find the fact that they thought that she was dead super funny. And she even says at a point, am I just a joke to you guys? So I think Kelly really is starting to realize that she's the comic relief in all her circles. And I love, I don't know if she likes that. I don't know if she feels the vibe for that. But let's continue. So Issa goes to speak on this panel and Issa realizes that, you know, her little organization at the time, it's not little anymore guys, her little organization, the block, um, is just starting out and she doesn't have as much to add to the panel as the other speakers do. The audience is just not eating it up. They're kind of leaving her hanging. It's kind of unfortunate to see, but Issa does what she can do. And she gives real life advice that she doesn't know if she truly knows where she's going, if she truly knows who she is, and if she's truly doing the right thing. And the crowd doesn't really like what she has to say. But I really appreciated Issa's realism in that moment. Sorry I'm speaking through this episode one. I think if you're here, you probably already watched episode one. So after that, she goes, she talks to her friend, Molly. And I forgot to add that last season, Molly and Issa had a huge falling out at her block party because Molly got jealous that Issa contacted Andrew for the information for the headlining artist at the event. And being a petty friend that she is, decided to start a fight at the event. We don't like that, Molly. At all. So she realized that Issa's hungry. They go and eat food. And it kind of feels like old times. You can tell here that Issa's a bit apprehensive to kind of re-engage with Molly and have the friendship, but they're totally gonna get it back. And we'll see it in episode two. Hold tight, dear. So they meet up with an old friend from university. I forget her name now. And they used to have this rap group and they watch all these old rap videos, which were totally hilarious. And the girl, at some point, we're just gonna fast forward guys. Some Kelly drama happened. Kelly got depressed about her name being, you know, or her being like a joke, a jester. And what I didn't understand is how did nobody realize at that event where she was dancing? I think she was doing the stanky leg. How did no one realize that she was alive? Is everyone stupid. It also kind of reminded me of like breaking the fourth wall in a way. Or or was it the third wall? I feel like it's the fourth wall we're talking about. Whatever they did in Fleabag. Okay. So essentially they meet this girl they were in the band with. They... Decide to go to a party with her and then they're all like let's go get booze so they drive to the booze store they get held up and they realize that they were kind of like set up by this girl that used to be their friend and they get robbed for everything the whole sneakers thing kill me not sneakers shoe thing so the girls basically like to molly give me your shoes and Issa's like you don't want my shoes and the girl's like you know why you don't i don't want your shoes and i'm just like oh my god oh my god oh wait was it girl who said it or was it kelly who said it Either way, guys, I watched episode one a week ago and it ends up with them heading home. And this is the most pivotal and most important part of episode one. So Issa arrives back at the LAX, the airport, and she has Lawrence, her bae, for a minute, pick her up from the airport. And as they're heading back to Issa's apartment, Issa's like, oh, not Issa, Lawrence is like, what do you want to eat? And he says like, well, this place is kind of good, and the conversation's dry, it's lacking, it's weak. And when they arrive, they get out of the car, and he says like to Lawrence, I've been thinking, and Lawrence is like, yeah, yeah. And without saying a bunch of words, you can automatically tell, it's over, they're breaking up. And it's devastating to me, but we need to have a conversation about something before we move on to discussing episode two. And I've been trying to discuss this with my friends all week. If you were with somebody for so many years and then you guys break up. So like you're not on a break, you break up and you move on with your lives and you guys rekindle and you know, this is the love of your life. The person you want to be with, but they get the person they were dating before you pregnant and they're going to go through this pregnancy. They're going to have their first child, not with you, but with them. Would you stay in that relationship? That's a major question. For me, it's a no. To me, that means you're not my person. I think it's a very hard thing when you're having someone's first child or when you're having that first child. I think it's different if like the person had a child prior to you broke up with that person for a while and meets you and you take that child on as a stepchild. But I think it's totally different when that child was conceived prior to getting with you and that pregnancy is still cooking. I don't know. I couldn't do it. It's not for me. And if you guys want like a little bit more of an example of this, um, there's a show on Amazon Prime Video called Wonderland. And I'm totally going to do an episode on my top favorite Amazon Prime shows. I will put it on there for sure. And season three, it's actually season two on Amazon Prime. I think it's the last 10 episodes. They totally go through this with a couple. And the couple at the end decides to get divorced because it just does not work at all. So if you want like another kind of perspective on it and to see how it just is so difficult to navigate, I think that show is an amazing context for that. Moving on. I would give the episode a three out of five and I know it's harsh but the premiere besides the Lawrence portion of it just really didn't do it for me and I know it did it for a lot of people we were all so excited to have Insecure back but it just didn't do it for me so for me it's a three out of five and um yeah let's move on to episode two I don't know if I did episode one really well in terms of recapping it because it's been a minute well let's do episode two Episode two essentially starts, I'm going to fast forward again to get to my points. I'm going to basically discuss the highlights of the episode. And I think if I record these sooner after I watch it, they'll kind of be more in depth and make more sense. So you find Issa and Molly kind of going back to their hangouts. They're sleeping in the same bed, you know, at their houses after they do their fun things. And this brought up a really big discussion within the Facebook groups I'm in. Is it weird for grown adults to be sharing beds, especially if they're so small? I don't think it's weird at all if you're best friends. Like I feel like your husband or your wife is probably your best friend. You're sharing beds with them. They're probably not even showering before they go to bed, and you're still in a bed with them. I slept in beds with random students from university because the university was paying for the hotel and the bed. I had no choice but who I was sharing a bed with, and I got back to canada very safely for my vacation so i just want that to be out there totally think nothing's wrong with it so then you see isa is that well not even Isa. then you see molly kind of thriving at her law firm she's kind of coming into her own you kind of see the therapy working you kind of see her looking back on all her relationships to see where she's the problem and she's trying to get her family or her parents to do estate planning to write a will And you can tell that her parents really have no interest in it because they put down their wishes on a little piece of napkin paper, whatever you call it. And then her mom decides to introduce her to this man called Herbert who makes trap songs for the Lord or he remasters trap songs for the Lord. And I was on the floor when Herbert came out. He is hilarious. Also, side note, guys, I have a family member named Herbert, a grandfather's brother, and they just did not get along. At all. So when I saw this character, I started thinking about that entire dynamic and I was dead on the floor rolling. Don't pass go, do not collect 200. That is how funny it was to me. Herbert's also super duper nerdy, has the glasses thing going on, the pants up to the waist. You know what I mean? Super Christian, not my type, not Molly's type either. But the way her mom is pushing for a relationship for Herbert with Herbert, I mean, is so engaging to me, so funny. I love it. So they basically go to the kitchen and the mother's like, you need to find somebody because by the time you get pregnant and you have kids, your dad will have to push you down the aisle because you're so old. And the pressure we put on women to find somebody in time by the time the biological clock ticks out because we need to fulfill our role as mothers. Is so fucking wild to me. Actually, so insane and so wild. My friend was actually saying that she feels that women like Molly um, think about being independent for so long and they get to the stage where their biological clock's almost out and they don't have a viable father for their children, which is a very interesting thought to me that we have to ponder on and I might come back to, but not now as we continue through the episode. So let's go to Issa. So Issa's at this presentation with a predominantly Caucasian board presenting Crenshaw. And the board essentially wants to use a more prominent Black artist, but Issa's trying to use her block company to promote this more local artist. First of all, Crenshaw's beautiful. I don't know his real name, but the artist Crenshaw, gorgeous, stunning, skin's flawless like porcelain, chocolate porcelain. We love it. And so Issa, So basically the white guy tells her after she does some prompting with the manager of the company, they sit at a table. He's like, we'll accept it if you take out all the elements that make it black. He didn't say that directly, but that's what I heard. You know, when people say like implicit things, but that's what they mean. So that's what he heard. And so Issa goes to Crenshaw and she's like, they're going to hire you if you take out all these things. And Crenshaw was like, okay, sure. The day of the show, Crenshaw essentially goes rogue and decides to do everything that Isa told him not to do. And I was dying at the statements. I, do, I can't repeat what he said, but I was dying at the drumming bit. It was so funny. I think Crenshaw took a risk. I'm not someone who would do that for my personality. So I was a little upset that he did it without consulting Issa because he could have lost Isa her career. And you can hear him from when he was saying that he's an artist He doesn't want to diminish himself. And at the end of the day, she has people to answer to, not him. But I still felt like, you know, it was a selfish thing to do, but I don't know if it was selfish for Issa to ask him to reduce the show because the sponsors were asking for that. At the end of the day, money talks. I hate to be that person, but money talks and Issa was just trying to make sure they all got paid, especially that her company would survive and thrive. So all in all, the performance goes super well. The one white guy that they were nervous about totally loves it. I thought he hated it. That's why he was holding his neck, but apparently he was having neck pain. And then Issa realizes that she had to apologize to Crenshaw for doubting him. I'm going to say this. I don't think Issa owes Crenshaw an apology. And I also don't think Crenshaw owes Issa an apology. What Crenshaw said at the end of the day about Issa being the one who's held liable to the sponsors is kind of true. And if he feels that he needs to take the creative direction for himself, he's entitled to do so. So I don't think he owes her an apology. And I also don't think Issa owes him an apology because she was doing what she had to do to protect the contract, get him the contract and protect her job. So I think in this case, neither one owes owes each other an apology. They just need to move forward on a better foot. Then Issa does what I don't think she'll do. She kind of feels lonely in the situation wants someone to talk to picks up the phone texts nathan who tells her that he has a lot of girls that he's dating at this time nathan has no shortage of women guys nathan is fire. i'm obsessed with nathan i'm one of nathan's girls Want i want to know that so isa then meets up with nathan they kind of have a talk they kind of have a dinner and then she's like nathan do you want to come back to my place and nathan's like sure So they're sitting down, hanging out. And then she basically asks Nathan if he wants to have sex. And Nathan's like, yeah, of course, sure. Why not? They go into the bed. They start making out. And Issa starts bawling hysterically. And she apologizes to him. And she's like, I thought I was ready. And Nathan gives her the most awkward, uncomfortable, back tap, cuddle thing. And in his face, he looks like, fuck, why am I here? what the fuck am I doing? This girl, I can't believe it. And he colds her for a bit. And then when she stops crying and he he thinks she's falling asleep, he does the dip in the middle of the night. And Issa's there in bed realizing that she's all alone, really. I'm going to give this episode four or five. I liked the fact that it followed Molly's growth and showed what her growth was like. The injection of Herbert as comic relief was really hilarious. I really liked Molly this episode. I have to be honest. Um, the Crenshaw storyline was great. The reason I gave it four out of five and not five out of five is that Issa's crying was quite bad. <laughs> I got why she was crying and I'm not saying it was bad that she cried in front of me. Nathan. I mean like the way she acted, like the acting was poor in that scene. Like there were no tears coming out. The crying was just appeared fake to me. Um, so her acting was not top tier for that scene, but the scene itself was powerful. It also showed me as much as I love Nathan and I ride or die for Nathan, it showed me why she and Nathan can never really be together. And it's simply because Nathan, bipolar or not, is not ready for the kind of commitment Issa is looking for. And so it's better in the long run that they just not be together. And I think it's going to be awkward for a while. I don't think they're going to end up together. I don't think they're game plan at all. Issa was crying because she essentially missed Lawrence and she never really got over Lawrence. She just threw herself into work. And I think a lot of us can totally identify with that. I know I can And it's really hard. So my heart goes out to Issa. I don't think Nathan was an asshole. I think, he, I think it was best that he left, to be completely honest, to not give Issa false hope. And he just showed Issa exactly where they stand. And that's his working colleagues and friends. So I kind of lost my love for Nathan in this scene, but I also gained a newfound respect for him in a way. All in all, I can't wait for next week's episode. I have not seen the preview for next week yet or for like Sunday, which is two days from now, but I'm going to go check out the preview very shortly and get super hyped, super excited. And I'll be back next week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday with the recap of season three. This has been exciting. It's been time. I'm going to enjoy doing this. Anyways, I'm done talking for now. It's been like over 20 You guys have a wonderful week for a rest of it, and I'll talk to you soon.